Hi, I'm Adrian Maitman, and this is I'm Also, the podcast about people with multiple careers, pursuits, and interests. This episode, we're in the world of art with my guest, Sonia Korahina. Sonia is an arts manager with over 20 years' experience in the creative industries. She runs Supercut Projects, which provides creative industry consultancy, and recently launched and licensed Tauranga City's City Art Walk app. She has worked for leading arts institutions that include Auckland Art Gallery, Artspace, Elam School of Fine Arts, and the Tauranga Arts Festival. And I'm out of breath. Kia ora, Sonia. <laughs> Kia ora, Adrian. Oh my goodness, what an intro. Crikey. I'm blushing. Yeah. Uh, it makes me realise how old I am, actually. I thought how many things you've done <laughs> in a young, in a short space of time. <laughs> Yeah, been around the traps for a while. <laughs> can we? Can you start telling us a little bit about your backgrounds? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I grew up here in, in Tauranga, and I've, I guess you could say I've returned uh, to my hometown. Uh, my parents, who both sadly have both passed away, uh, my father is Ngāti Parau uh, from up the east coast, whānau uh, Hunara, and, uh, and on my mother's side of the family, we are Welsh and uh, and French. Yeah, so so quite a, quite a cultural background that I bring into, you know, and bring through everything uh, that I do as well. I'm very fortunate, though, to be living here in Taranga Moana and uh, and making a living for myself, you know. When you leave the big city, or the big smoke, whether that's coming back from overseas or or living one, leaving one of the three big centres in, in Aotearoa, moving to the regions, especially in the creative industries, there's always that big question mark around, what am I going to do? How am I going to earn a living? So obviously Tauranga was the place to come to. to yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. So you're an arts manager. What does that involve? Yes. It's a, it's an interesting one because when you say you're an arts manager, people kind of give you a funny look. Yeah, I was like, mm, yeah. yeah, exactly. I studied arts management, but it's just the same as if I was living rurally uh, and I studied farm management or, uh, or business management. So I went to business school, but I learnt uh, instead, I still did economics and accounting and, and all those business papers, but they had a arts focus. And, uh, and so I was studying alongside other people that were from not only visual arts, but performing arts, you know, theatre backgrounds and uh, and so on, so they could go back to um, to be able to manage, I guess, wherever in the industry you may sit or within the creative industries, yeah. Well, who was that through? Auckland University, oh. yeah. Yeah, Auckland uh, School of Business mm. at, at the time. And it was great because I met a, you know, a, a really interesting group of people that I studied with. I mean, it's, you know, part of the fun of studying, isn't it? It's not only what you're learning, but it's the connections that you're making through industry you may be being introduced to, but also those that you're studying with. And they came from a wide range of uh, creative backgrounds uh, as well. So we're all learning through each other as we went through that course. So you always had sort of a focus of, I like art, but I want to do sort of the business side of it. Well, interestingly, I started out doing sciences when I was at uh, at university, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. When you're doing your tertiary studies, you're also learning a lot about yourself, I guess, and and uh, and you're no longer living at home or under the influence of what others may suggest that you could be doing. And uh, and the film students seem to be having a lot more fun. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when I was at Victoria, and so hence I changed over to doing an arts degree. But it wasn't until I left university. And uh, and started working actually at the university on short courses, and uh, and really enjoyed actually 
enabling uh, events to happen. But at the same time, I was living in a house where our landlord ran an art gallery. And so we had all these artists staying with us and, and we got exhibition openings. And I really wanted a way to kind of bring the two together to work within the creative industries uh, in a way that could uh, enable and, uh, and champion our creatives. And hence why I went on and did further study around that. Because mm, it's it's kind of challenging in New Zealand, isn't it? The sort of is it the arts world challenging to be a successful artist? Is it encouraged? Do you think it depends who you speak to? Uh, I guess uh, as to whether it's encouraged, and and that all has to do with I guess perceptions out there around around the value of of contribution of the arts, around the value of what you can actually can you you know put a roof over your head and uh, food on the table and clothe yourself, and the answer is absolutely yes, and uh, and I think this is where your podcast is is really interesting that I'm also because I imagine that a number of the people that you have interviewed and uh, and one of the um, you know uh, major talents I guess of of creatives is that we're multi-hyphenates meaning we can turn our hands to many things to be able to achieve the lifestyles that that we want to be able to do we're not just sitting in one job mm. nine to five it's actually you know a pick and mix it's a, it's a range of roles often that uh, that creatives will will undertake not only to survive but to to thrive you know and to uh, and, and and to fill, fill the kitty, fill the heart, yeah, as well. And I guess your, as your supercuts projects sort of brought all that together in a way, because it seems very focused on helping. Helping artists. Yeah, yeah. So Supercut Projects, my consultancy, works with the creative and heritage sectors. And uh, and it came about because a Supercut is, you know, is a film term, a film editing term, and, and making a Supercut of um, of uh, footage. And uh, Lord has the song as well, uh, uh, Supercut of uh, songs or moments with her boyfriend. And, uh, and I, so I quite liked the term, but I liked the idea of being able to pick and choose what I was wanting to do. And uh, I, had, I had a business mentor and, and she said to me, Sonia, is it about the money or is it actually about what brings joy to your heart? And, uh, and hence, hence Supercut Projects, yeah, I pick and choose or try and enable the projects that I really want to work on or with the people that I want to work with as well. And what have been some recent projects Wow. So I established the business uh, three years ago. And prior to that, I was in, you know, more traditional roles. And, uh, and you know, it's a scary thing to suddenly go, okay, I'm going to say no to the salary. <laughs> and, uh, and goodbye, colleagues, you know, because colleagues are, are so important. Uh, you know, every day, you, you know, they, you, you not only are you working together, but you're bouncing ideas off each other and, you know, and you really kind of jolly each other along to suddenly going, I'm going to go home and work from the kitchen bench and try and hustle some uh, work together. And keeping in mind that this was before COVID as well. So there was only a few of us working at our kitchen benches at, <laughs> at the time. But the great thing about, I guess, 
picking and choosing and going into contract work and with Supercup projects is that I've been able to pick and choose a range of uh, projects, I guess, to, to work on. Some are more behind the scenes uh, so, and, and are more enabling. So, for example, right now I'm working with our local council and they're developing a public art framework. And uh, our council has a number of years of commissioning public artworks ahead of them, and which is really exciting. But the thing is, is how can we how can we create a framework that will make it easy for the people, groups, organisations, artists that are wanting to create public artworks to know how to do so and be resourced to do so too. So that's that's kind of you know policy work I guess that I, I do with councils. Uh, I was just down in Hastings and we actually ran a workshop uh, and had a philosophical conversation around why public art matters. So before you actually dive into thinking this is what you need with a policy to sit down with a whole group of people um, from within council, from galleries, from artists, uh, to um, to students and so on, just to, because everyone has an opinion about public art. Not everyone will have an opinion about um, sewage pipes or roading, but everyone's got an opinion when it comes to... I've got an opinion on roading. <laughs> What's your opinion on roading? I want to hear it. Stop the roadworks. <laughs> okay, stop all the roadworks around Let Adrian's house. drive my car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure there's support for that view. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, I see a public art project coming out of that one. And but it was more it was a philosophical conversation. And and by the end of uh, the workshop, everyone realised that we're all part of the ecosystem that enables public art. Whether you're in comms or marketing, or whether you're uh, enabling the roads, you know, or or footings around public artworks and uh, and so on. But for everyone to all be involved. Sometimes you need a you know you need a policy or a framework or a roadmap to help you on your way. So that's the kind of some of the um, behind the scenes work I guess that Supercut Projects has been working on. And uh, but then we've had some really fun stuff. We there was one that transport related one wasn't there. Oh, which one was wasn't that? Wasn't it the the, the shelter? Th- wasn't it in one in town? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, sticking to the transport theme. <laughs> uh, in the middle of Tauranga City here in the Bay of Plenty uh, is uh, or was a, a, a bus stop right next to the Tauranga Art Gallery. And so it comprised a canopy uh, for shelter and also that canopy then wrapped or wraps underneath the Tauranga Art Gallery itself. And uh, Supercut Projects commissioned Auckland or Tamaki Makaurau-based artist Sarah Hughes, who absolutely champions uh, colour. She's a colour theorist to uh, develop a work uh, for that spa- for that site. And I specifically wanted to work with Sarah because, you know, we've had a tough few years and, uh, and actually I was interested in how art can bring about pure emotions of of joy and excitement and she came up with the concept of midnight sun and so it talks to that that moment of the longest night uh, of the solstice just as the sun is setting and uh, and indeed in the arctic uh, circles the sun doesn't set that's why 
It's called Midnight Sun. It kind of appears to hover on the uh, horizon. And this artwork actually never sets either. It's a it's a 24-hour beautiful sunset with incredible colours. But it's also lit by a beautiful lighting system too. And so when you walk underneath, you're kind of bathed in the glow of, of Midnight Sun. But what's also extra special about this work is it's it's in an urban space and it's, and it's light in an urban space that used to be really kind of dark and dim and unsafe yeah I guess how difficult is it to get that sort of idea off the ground and actually made uh, honestly Adrian and I'm sure you know uh, people out there are like me you've got a fold I've got a folder on the desktop of my computer I come up with ideas and uh, and generally they end up being filed away back into the folder it really has to be the right time for something to happen. And you may think it's the best best project ever, but what you've got to do is then really pitch it, sell it, <laughs> and, uh, and get partners on board. Now, those partners could be, if it's a public artwork, I was looking to council, our council, because you're putting a public artwork on public space. I was looking for funders, so to Creative New Zealand, uh, for funding, to sponsors, and uh, to, you know, you might be bringing on board fabricators, and, and others that are maybe donating in kind. And uh, and it actually takes a while. So that particular project, Midnight Sun with Syracuse, that took two years from, from woe to go. And uh, and I mean, it, it, it essentially it's uh, over 260 metres of beautiful coloured vinyl that she has designed, which you may think, well, that's really simple. Actually, it really did take two years. And, uh, and it's not just the research and the creation of the work, it's actually getting the right saturation levels. It's about getting product into New Zealand as well. That takes time, as you, as we know right now. Uh, we've got supply chain uh, issues, so so things can take time. But anyway, getting getting a project off the ground. Don't don't lose heart if you've been thinking about something and it is not happening. Keep on going back to it, opening up that folder and looking at it. So I'll give you another example: uh, the City Art Walk app that Supercut Projects launched three years ago. I'd been sitting on that idea for about six years and. And so City Art Walk is a way of, um, it's an app that you free app you can download and it takes you around public artworks in your city. And uh, Supercut Projects have delivered one for Tauranga City and uh, and we've just finished creating one for Hutt City in Wellington and they hopefully will be launching that soon. And, and initially when I wanted to develop it, it was going to cost so much money to work with a developer. And it wasn't until actually better kind of technology became available and uh, that it just that it seemed fe- that it was feasible to be able to uh, develop that that experience. Uh, but I kept on coming back to it and testing it because people were saying, I don't know anything about this artwork. Who made it? You know, there's no sign. What's the story behind it? And the great thing about the app is it gives you that insight into the maker and their practice and uh, and the artwork themselves. So I guess what I'm saying is don't lose heart if you've trying to been trying to get something off the ground. It's not going anywhere. Sometimes you just need to put it aside and then something will spark and you'll go, ah, oh, now's the right time. Here's the right partner or the right investor or the right funder or suddenly actually it's more affordable to be able to create. Mm, very good. Did you get someone to sort of put the app together then? It, it, basically I bought a shell. Oh, you did it that way? Yeah, and then I worked with a designer and researchers and we built the content, yeah, oh, yeah. and the look of it, yeah. It's on my phone. I've been through it. Yeah, because you go, oh, yeah, I've seen that. You know, I walk past yeah. it every 
weekend and it's like, oh, that's who's made that. Yeah, I tell you, the cool thing about the uh, the app is you don't have to be on site to experience the works. And looking at the analytics, because we all love analytics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, most of uh, our engagement is from, I'd probably say, couch surfers or people mm. at home. And actually, especially during COVID, uh, over in the UK and in Ireland, and I couldn't really drill down any further, but I'm kind of taking a big guess that it actually it could be Kiwi's missing home. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, and so just wanting to, you know, have a look, especially because there's a, a number of um, contemporary Māori works and uh, and and a number of people want to kind of connect with yeah ancestral works and and works yeah of significance such mm. as that. That's what I did. I was just sitting on the couch and I was like physically walking around. I mean, not physically. Yeah. I was yeah. mentally walking around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll move on. To, who's some maybe some artists I should maybe know about that I don't? Or is there any sort of up and coming? Because I saw that video and you had your paintings as well. You had. That club you're in where you... Oh, yeah, I'm in a club. Clubs are fun. So there used to be, well, there still is, book clubs. And uh, and I think there was probably other clubs in the 70s. But um, but right now, uh, I've... <laughs> right now, there's a number of art buying clubs or art buying groups. Anyway, basically what it is is two years ago, so again, actually right before COVID, uh, I set up with seven friends, so there's eight of us, uh, Toya Tata. And basically what we do is every year we put some money into a bank account and we've got a buying group and the buying group goes out and buys artwork. And every six months, the artwork is rotated around our different houses. And so it's a way, the whole whole couple or purpose of the buying group is to learn about contemporary New Zealand art practice and it's actually turned out to be so much more than that uh, I mean we've built friendships uh, we go away once a year uh, as as a group but we're learning about how to hang works kind of thinking about materiality framing light all those kind of considerations as well as as the art practice as well as having works on our walls and it's so interesting I mean like book club you're often you know book club you're reading books that you may not choose yourself but you're suddenly like okay that's it's really interesting. I learned something there. So it's same with Art Club. There's a number of works, and I actually put it into the agreement. If you hate it, you just have to suck it up. Basically, <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to hang it. <laughs> but sometimes it's the works because you don't have to. Thing about art is actually it's the works that annoy you the most that sometimes you have the most to learn from uh, as well. So after ten years, we will possibly sell the collection. Maybe we'll distribute it between us. But something else that we feel very strongly about as a group is that we buy from um, the primary market, which is buying directly from galleries. So we know the artist is getting a commission. The secondary market, which is auctions and other places, the artist isn't getting a commission. Uh, It's obviously split between the auction house and seller. Uh, Although that is about to change in New Zealand Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Before 2024, uh, we're going to be passing some legislation and uh, and essentially uh, the artist resale royalty scheme will come into play. It's already um, in Europe and in the UK, but in that secondary market now, because you often think about when an artist's um, career really takes off, you're like, great, I bought one of those works 15 years ago and now it's worth four times what I paid for it. And then you go and sell it in the auction house and you make a whole lot of money, but it's actually the artist who's built the reputation around that work. And so what that means is that in future, in New Zealand, artists will also get a percentage of the um, profit. Because that's one thing I've always wondered about when you, you see those 
stories about paintings sold for millions and you go, well, what about the artists who did yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so just like the music industry, APRA, we've got, you know, some some um, uh, obviously royalties. royalties yeah, yeah and, and same with film and so on, are really clear, less clear in the visual arts, but mm. that, that is soon to change, which is just fantastic, yeah. So that, that was announced by our Minister for Arts and Culture and Heritage, Karma uh, Sipiloni. Who's, what's, what's the last painting you bought then or the last piece of art or one of your recent? Who's someone cheap now I can buy <laughs> <laughs> and sell in four years? <laughs> well, the, so basically with our art buying group, we've been buying um, new artists. Yeah. And uh, however, what we did was we broke the bank okay. and we dipped into a future year's um, savings, I guess. And uh, and purchased a work by Yuki Kihara. Uh, Yuki is a Samoan uh, Japanese uh, Pakeha, I think, artist who currently is showing on behalf of New Zealand at the Venice Biennale. And uh, Yuki had a series that she released uh, last year, and they are lenticular prints. Do you know what lenticular print is? So do you remember when you used to go into like a um, souvenir shop and grab a postcard? Yes. And you could wiggle the postcard oh, yeah. and the car would drive along. Oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's, it's large scale and, uh, and what it has, this particular work, is um, uh, Yuki has a persona, uh, Salome, I think, that she uh, wears Victorian clothing that she dresses up in and is documented or photographed uh, in different sites in, around uh, New Zealand. This particular persona that she's got was the first Samoan Pākehā person to be photographed in Samoa. So she's referencing referencing that person or that moment in time. And, uh, and so she's photographed in her Victorian gear, all black and white, standing looking out at the water. And the particular sites where she's photographed in these large works are um, quarantine stations or islands. So if you think of Soames Island, for example, in mm. the middle of uh, Wellington Harbour. And so because it's a lenticular print, when you walk past it, the clouds move, the dress, you know, and the waters ripple and, yeah, and the dress moves as well. It's, yeah, really quite haunting. Not cheap, though. Is art still appreciating in this current climate? Yeah. It is, yeah. Well, according to the auction houses, yeah. it is, yeah. I, I, th I think it's that new, that, well, not new, but that kind of renewed focus we've got on the home again and uh, and wanting to make our homes comfortable. And we use words like a sanctuary and uh, in that. And, and whether you're an introvert and you want to be comforted or you're an extrovert and want to be stimulated, if you're spending a lot of time at home, your artwork is one way to be able to, to do that, yeah. So according to all the sales, yes. Artworks are selling. Wow, interesting. Okay, move on to my. This is probably a bit like what your actual job is. Plug a product where you promote something. You can promote something <laughs> you do yourself or some someone else doing something. Well, just thinking about because my whole co-papa is is enabling and supporting mm, mm, our, this is really our creative your kind of eco ecosystem, and so something that I think a lot of us don't think about is is how can we become a patron of the arts? Now that's such an old term, and normally if you think patron, you're thinking, oh, okay, we're talking lots of money, we're talking. Um, 
a certain age perhaps. But what I'm going to plug here is the Tauranga Arts Festival actually have their writers festival from the 12th to the 16th of October. It's called Escape and it's over four days and uh, and they do it every opposite year to when they run their actual festival. And my husband and I decided to become patrons of the Tauranga Arts Festival. It's only $500. You could pay it in installments if you want. And what, the, what I love is that I'm part of a group of patrons and collectively we're actually enabling parts of the festival so whether it's the presentation of a particular um, performance or or you may wish to be you know take it further and be a sponsor and enable perhaps the children's program or something that aligns with what your values are but it's a really cool way to to be able to to give back and also you and and you might get a couple of complimentary tickets say, as well surely you get some free tickets <laughs> Yeah, well, here's the, here's the good thing. It's like the book club. You you may get tickets to something you'd normally not go to, and uh, and so I got some tickets last time to Reb Fountain, and oh, it just she just blew my mind. She's such a fantastic uh, musician, and uh, yeah, I fell in love with her. So uh, yeah, there we go. Become a patron. Um, anything else that we, you want to cover off in relation to maybe local art or? International art? Oh, gosh, there's so much going on. But I guess I would love to give a plug for the Taronga Art Gallery right now. They've got Aisha Green, and Aisha is Nati Kahanunu Naitahu painter. She won the Rydal Art Prize, and the Rydal Art Prize is a painting prize of $20,000 cash. That's the big one, isn't it? That's a big one, yeah. We could all do a $20,000 yeah. cash. But what it does for artists, and I mean, you were asking, you know, how do you make a living? As Aisha said, it actually enabled her to paint for half a year. Wow. And so now she's been able to create this incredible body of work through winning the prize, and it's on show uh, in Tauranga. And it's called Folk uh, Nationalism. It looks at uh, conflicting histories through different viewpoints of painters and, and, and art, I guess, and and uh, she paints on scale, and uh, and she's a champion of, of colour as well. And I'd highly recommend if you get the opportunity, either jump online or head to the Taranga Art Gallery and check that show out. That's great. Maybe we'll leave it there. That's, that's a good place to finish. Thank you for your time, Sonia. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you very much.